podcast friends, join me in the Galapagos Islands this March. Registration is now open to come with me on my international yoga retreat next year to the Galapagos Islands. We're going March 2 through 9, 2024, and it's sure to be the experience of a lifetime. This is a yoga-filled, adventurous, and transformational trip that is limited to 16 people, and it always sells out. Visit the events and retreats page of jessgoulding.com for information and registration. One Yoga Global is the organizer, so it's guaranteed to be top-notch. Join me as we evolve on this Galapagos Island adventure together. Welcome to Jess on the Mountain, a podcast about yoga, chakras, and becoming your own guru. I'm Jess Goulding, and today we land in Chakra 3, our lustrous gem, the beautiful yellow of Manipura. Chakra 3 houses our ability to do and to transform. It's the seat of our will and self-esteem and asks the question, how is your fire burning? I've Recently been working one-on-one with a woman whose fire has essentially gone out. So what do I mean by fire? Her joie de vivre, her get up and go, her ability to move life forward or make choices that help her achieve her goals. She's kind of spinning her energy, spinning her wheels, but not really moving things forward. She's been piecing together jobs she doesn't like and Even that just barely pays the bills. She gets to the end of the day and she can't see where all her time went. And by the way, I asked her permission if I could use what we've been working on as a little case study here in Chakra 3. And she gave me her permission very kindly so that you may take something away from this as well. It seems to her that every day there's lots of time getting sucked up by social media check-ins and other kind of checkout activities. Does this ring a bell to anybody? She has projects that she loves, but they're not moving forward. Big one is suffering from procrastination. This is one many of us suffer from. There's lots of reasons that one might become a procrastinator, but chakra three is a good place to start when you're looking at what's going on there. It can come from being too spread out or overwhelmed, just overstressed. So why do I, why do I say a fire? right? Your fire, everyone has a fire. Your fire is like your engine. You have a main fire and then every cell you have has a little fire in it that you could think of that. That's your mitochondria, these little combustion engines that are going on in there. And we want our fire to be just right, right? If our flame is too high and our will is overtaking others, then it's too much. Well, it leads to overpowering others, but today we're focusing on the fire component, which that would mean too much of the fire leads to burnout. If you have too little of a fire, then you don't have the energy to do what needs to be done or all that you want to do. And it leads to overwhelm and eventually inertia. So think about what's needed to build a strong fire. We want a fire that can cook food and warm those sitting near it, but it doesn't burn the house down. So when I think of this client, we compared what's going on in her life to sticks that are scattered all over a field. And you can't build a fire like that. You have to gather tinder and with proper airflow, you can build a strong and healthy blaze. And our life is the same. 
So if you think of all those sticks scattered across the field, that's like scattered energy. That's you moving from place to place, job to job, idea to idea, and it diminishes our your potency. So if you're trying to do too many things, no one thing gets enough attention to burn brightly. So think of all your roles and activities as individual candles. So not so much sticks, but now these are candles that you have lit and you're running all over this field where they're spread out. You're trying to relight the candles as they burn out. And even that running around diminishes your energy so that the main fire in you is going weaker and weaker. So building and embodying a strong fire, an appropriate fire, requires discernment, right action, and proper boundaries. So discernment comes in and asks, what's the cause of my overwhelm or burnout? So think of all those candles. Every one of those candles is something that you do. So make a list. If you're a list person, make a list of all those candles, everything that you do. Or if you're a visual, draw a picture. Or if you're you know, more tactile, then get an object that represents each of those things and look at the pile. Then take a look at everything or every candle, every everything on that list that calls your attention. So it's going to include, it's going to include your family, your friends, your work, your projects, your pets, any group or institution that you're connected with. Really do an exhaustive list. Write each one down separately and hold it. So if you're using objects, hold the object. If you're doing a list, put on a separate piece of paper. Here's where we use a little bit of embodiment tools. So you hold it as you read it and notice how your body feels as you do. Right? Does it clench your stomach or make you wince or groan? Or does it spark a little joy? You get excited to hold it, to have it, to read it. Now, sometimes we have to do what we don't want to do in order to do life and pay the bills. That's a little bit different. We'll come back to that in a minute. What are the things you are trying to do that light you up? And what makes you groan or wince? So separate those two into two different piles. So you've either got, you've got a pile of paper with all the things that light you up, pile of paper with things that make you groan, or those objects, or however you're choosing to engage with this exercise, but separate them. Things that make you groan, things that light you up. And what can you cross off this list or this pile, remove from the groaning and wincing list? This is not easy. This is going to require some non-attachment because you're going to pick those up and go, yeah, but I have to do it because I promised this person or it's going to get me this certification or if I don't, I'm going to let my neighbor down. Like we have a lot of sense of, we can have a lot of sense of obligation and people pleasing. Maybe you're just doing this thing out of habit and you haven't stopped and wondered like, is this organization or this thing that I'm doing still serving me and the people I think it's supposed to. Sometimes it's just what we do. Everything should be up for grabs. So practice good non-attachment, right? What happened if you what would happen if you let it go? Recognize what kind of obligation it is. Are you doing it out of people pleasing? Consider that shame is the shadow side of chakra three. Shame is the shadow side of chakra three. So what on this list do you hold on to because if you don't, it'll bring up some shame. You're going to let someone down, or maybe you feel guilty, right? Is it warranted? Is that shame and guilt warranted? Another way to consider this, what would you tell your best friend to do with this activity or commitment? So have a little conversation with yourself, like self, I do this thing. Um, I don't want to do it anymore. 
button and tell yourself, well, then don't do it. See how that feels. Talk to yourself like your own best friend. And then make a plan to drop the things you can. That is a good action step. Manipura is all about action. So either you can drop it right now, right? Write the email, cut cut the thing off, whatever that is, right? You can do that right now or at the end of its term. You know, maybe you can do it to the end of the season, end of a year or end of this commitment, but let it stop running ram in the background of your mind. You're going to know you've got an end date on this. That's already going to reduce some stress and pressure. Let it's sometimes it's just time to let things go to the next person. You're not the only person that can do this thing. There are people who can do it. Spread the wealth when your light is getting low. Okay, then you turn back to the list that lights you up. I hope as you're listening, you're kind of thinking of the things, you know, this would be a good exercise to really set aside some time and do, but hopefully even as you're listening to me to describe these things, you're getting inspired of stuff to release. Okay. But this is the fun part. Look at the list that lights you up. Uh, But the question is, is it reasonable to expect yourself to do all of these things? Some people love their life. Hopefully most people love their life and all the things that they do in it. And yet it becomes overwhelming and burdensome, takes down our fire, and then we become exhausted and overwhelmed. And we move into inertia, checking out, hitting the couch, all those coping mechanisms that we do when we experience stress and overwhelm, they often can come from a whole bunch of stuff that lights us up. So it's not that you have to let go of them, although if you can, great, or set it aside. But maybe there's a way you it can be done differently or more efficiently or less frequent, right? Try to take the gas pedal off some of them, perhaps. If it's an organization you love to serve, is there a better way for you to show up, even if it's less time consuming? For some of us, our mind kind of operates like a giant web and you see everything that you're responsible for with equal importance at equal time. And this can be very exhausting to hold this giant web. So it can be helpful to group things so that you're not seeing everything all at once, but they can get in line, they can get grouped. And then they're like having smaller bonfires instead of a whole bunch of scattered little campfires. A little over a year ago, I was feeling overwhelmed with all the different kinds of things I was doing, different places I was teaching, different ways I was communicating, um, all the stuff that I wanted to do. I'm a, I love ideas. I have tons of ideas. I love teaching. I love teaching those ideas. <laughs> this podcast came out of all that. But there were so many different ways that I was doing it, and they all felt like they were equally important and needed the same amount of attention that I started kind of going, what? what am I doing? What, what is my purpose? What, what's the point here? What, what am I doing as a, as my work? What, what's my focus? I didn't have one. And so I took a little work retreat just one day with another friend who was working alongside of me, some parallel play, we called it. And I'm a visual person. So I rolled out a bunch of butcher paper And I wrote down everything that I do. It was, you know, classes and workshops and online and in-person and private yoga therapy, private yoga, retreats, all, you know, all the different things. And I started to realize there was some kind of themes that I could pull. So I was looking at this as like, if my sticks are scattered too far, how can I pull this together into some smaller bonfires? And that's when I realized there were three main areas and I could 
put them under these categories that actually come from my tagline, which is elevate, align, and inspire. So now everything from Chakra Savvy, right? So I've got Reset Your Life Game Plan, which is a full five-month course. We've got shorter courses of just seven classes. I've got, you know, just lots of things that have to do with chakras, chakra savvy. This is my elevate bonfire or my elevate circle or my elevate candle, whatever you want to call it. These are things that I hope that people use for transformation for themselves and for self-study. That's I elevate bonfire. Then I looked over at yoga classes that I teach. I have an online yoga membership and I sometimes teach workshops, practices, one-to-one, anything where students help to connect with their own practice or, um, you know, just alignment. This goes under align. How are people getting themselves aligned within themselves, body, mind, and spirit? That is align. That's where those things go. So we've got elevate, align, and finally inspire. This is where I put all the retreats and events. So anything where there's an opportunity for transformation, deep connection, and adventure, kind of in a short and in-person place, those are meant to inspire. So now all I have are these three bonfires. They don't all need equal attention at the same time. I went to a workshop a long time ago about uh, work-life balance, and I was listening to an author. I wish I could remember her name. This is just coming to me, but she wrote the book Tilt. And she was saying, there's no such thing as work-life balance, that you have to just tilt. There's You can't always have your family and your work and your friends and your house and all the aspects of you and the things that you're in charge of. They can't all just be balanced, right? Sometimes something needs more attention. If a loved one is ill, all of a sudden that project at work hopefully becomes less important. You can pass things off. Or if you've got a big work project, maybe you really can't go to that play rehearsal or whatever whatever it might be. Tilt. I just love this idea that we're, we're not going to balance ourselves on a teeter-totter, that we're going to tilt through life. Gathering what I do into different bonfires, I'm going to keep going with this metaphor, uh, helped me a lot with that discernment. So if something comes along and it doesn't fit any of these bonfires, I've decided I can manage. It's a no. So not every invitation is a yes. I did that for a little while. It was helpful to find out what lights me up, but now it makes saying no much easier because I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good. I've got these three things I'm working on. This one's using more of my attention right now. Thank you for this invitation. I can't do that. Or yes, that fits perfectly with this Elevate Bonfire and I have time and I could put it on the calendar. So that's another piece of this, of your fire is our good boundaries, right? Boundaries help you gather each individual candle so they can become a flame. Are we losing this fire image? <laughs> I think, I, think you, I hope you're, I hope you're, you know, tracking with me here. Um, so hopefully it's making sense to you too. So with good boundaries and these gathered pieces, you can decide where to put your right effort. Right effort is a big yoga word. It's part of the yoga of action. Yoga of action is one of the, is, you know, the main framework actually that I use with people, whether that's in yoga therapy or mentoring and coaching. This is where you go through these three-step process. The first step is svadhyaya, self-study. That's what all everything I was describing, where you're looking at your whole life and going, is this important? Where does this go? What lights me up? What makes me groan? That's self-study. Then you apply right effort. 
This is where you start discerning and letting go of some things, uh, tidying things up, organizing things in a way you put in some good effort. And from there, we'll surrender. But with my client, uh, what we decided right effort was, is we took job hunting off the table for a week. She'd been doing the same thing, looking for the perfect job, the thing she wanted to do for real for three years, and it hadn't worked out. She would just been piecing things together, different kind of gig work and things like that. So we knew missing a week of the job hunt wasn't going to hurt anything. Plus, she was okay financially. I mean, she would say not great, but she has a roof over her head and food in her belly and clothes on her back. So we can say chakra one is set. So then you can go up the ladder, right? Base camp, good. You can start climbing. So it turns out during this week where she wasn't doing any job hunting, she was plenty busy. And she did end up having a little gig that lit her up. So her assignment every day was to, if she doesn't have a gig, then she's working on her projects that she loves, her passion projects. But she's doing that instead of the job hunt. This turns out, surprisingly, she got this gig and it had like 10 things that she liked about it. Meaning we made up a light up list. We call it, let's make a light up list. All the qualities of that one day job that really lit her up. So now we know where to direct our energy. She's making a vision board of all of those qualities. So if a job comes up that doesn't have a good amount of those qualities, it's a no. Or better said, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. How can one get moving in the direction they want to go if it's so congested with the things that they don't want to do? Like I said, I know sometimes there are lots of things we have to do that we don't want to do. We're looking at the things that are gumming up the works and that could use a second look. So now we can ask, what do we do with the things that we don't love, but can't cross off the list? You put them in their proper place. First, you surrender. Like you go, okay, you know what? This I have to do. This, <laughs> I have to feed my kids. <laughs> no, I, uh, you know, I, I have to do this work that pays the bills. Let that go. You accept it. So you surrender. Okay, I'm putting up my hands, this is the job and accept it. So then like your hands are cupping together, like I accept this. Now, the powerful piece of this, I learned from a friend this week, make an agreement. This friend of mine had, uh, she was experiencing a loss of a friendship. She didn't know why this friend had turned her back on her and was no longer engaging with her no matter what she did and she was reaching out and she, she was doing a lot of grieving. And so eventually she came to the point where she accepted that this friendship wasn't going to go anymore. But when she made the next step of making an agreement that she decided, okay, I agree. This friendship is no longer continuing. And then she took some efforts of, you know, just removing her from the highlights of her texts and doing some things that protected her from being, stung by this every day. She made an agreement with herself to accept this, to be okay with this. And it was very empowering. She was able to speak about it without crying. So from surrender and acceptance, make an agreement, right? So my client got a job that she doesn't love, but this is beyond the gig. This is a consistent job and it pays the bills. That's its purpose. And we are thankful for that. Not everybody has that. We know that most of the world doesn't have that. 
that changes the perspective on the things that you don't have that you don't want to do. So those two qualities were important that it has that it pays the bills and it's consistent. Those are two for the light up list. Okay, so we've got your list of things that light you up. We've got your list of things that make you groan. You look at the things that make you groan and figure out how to get rid of them either right away or slowly over time. You recognize the things that you can't release and you start a practice of surrendering, acceptance and making agreements. Gratitude is a big help in that, of being thankful for those things for the purpose that they serve. That can help, right? But sometimes this is just, that's just life. This is the way it is. We accept these things. Then there's your light up list that you want to really feed your energy to. So once you've got your things you can't do much about, agree with it, put it down. Look at your light up list. Create a vision board. Make something beautiful. Let it bring energy. This works. Knowing where you want to go is the only way the universe can finally come in and provide that for you. If you don't know, the universe doesn't know. Now we have to turn a little bit to just stress in general and the body's response to stress and what's going on. Because just having a couple lists and making some decisions doesn't really change things that quickly. Although with your light up list, you're also, you know, you're categorizing and you're making sure that everything on, on that list brings you life that it's not done out of obligation, but it's out of love and lights you up. So we have good stress and not so good stress. Good stress, let's say you've gone into inertia and you're just sitting there and you've got all these scattered sticks and, you've, and you're like, I, I don't know what to do. You're in freeze mode. So good stress can help overcome this inertia or think of it as stoking the fire. So when your fire goes out and you're on the couch and Netflix is playing, in a way that means you're checking out, not that you're enjoying. Okay, there's two different ways to Netflix. <laughs> and you just got to know which one you're doing. But if it's the one that is preventing you from moving things forward, then you need to stoke the fire. One of the best ways to stoke a fire and to start applying good stress is baby steps like routine. Morning routines are such a good step in overcoming inertia because you're going to start the day employing your will. You're going to start the day shining up that lustrous gem. You're going to start the day on purpose, doing what you're purposefully doing. Then you're not, So at least you're not starting the day as a victim to the rest of your activities. This gets you going. So you can start with a, a morning routine is great. I have one of these. If you're like, what are you talking about? I mean, you brush your teeth and your hair and all this, but to do it mindfully. And if you want to get this going, I have one that I give all my clients. It's um, I, I put a link for it for you at jessgoulding.com slash yoga dash therapy. And that page is linked in the show notes. But this is where I have created a get a morning glow routine. So there's also a link to a YouTube video. So during COVID, I was uh, real productive in making cheesy little videos. I was like, what are we going to do with all this time? And so, um, yeah, they're cheesy, but I stand by the information. So I've got a, a link to the YouTube for, for you, but these cheesy little videos, like I'm in my bathroom showing you how to do this morning routine, but I've, I wouldn't tell you if I hadn't didn't have so many people telling me this, this really works. I really, really like this, this morning, this morning glow, this morning routine because applying routine is good stress. It's going to help create strong boundaries and help you overcome inertia. Uh, so 
get a routine, add movement to your day. Movement is imperative for a healthy fire. If most of your day is sitting, your fire goes out, period. So incorporate movement. And guess what? It doesn't have to be a lot. It doesn't even have to be hours at a time. Yeah, part of this good stress is setting some timers, make yourself get up, walk around. If you can do 20 minutes of movement each day that gets your heart rate going a little bit, you're going to feel a million times better. And I know you're like, Jess, um, the problem here is I don't have enough time because I'm overwhelmed. So I'm going to give a little tough love on that one because everybody has the same amount of time. Everybody has 24 hours a day. It's just true. So it's what you do with your 24 hours that can make or break the way you're experiencing your life. Here's the thing. If you start doing some movement every day and pepper it throughout as much as you can, you're going to be more productive because you're not going to be spinning the wheels of your mind. All that energy, we have energy and it has to go somewhere. Anxiety is energy without direction. So you have to get up, move your body, take a direction, take action, use your will and employ effort. That's going to help make you actually more productive. So I know you've heard it from others. I'm just going to reiterate, move your body, move your body. Third thing I thought that you can do as some good stress to help overcome inertia and stoke your fire is to make some plans. Make some plans for fun. If you're overwhelmed, you're probably not filling that cup. That is lovely, you know, like phoning a friend and speaking with your loved ones. Go on a date night, invite your kid out, make some plans with a human. We have to have this social component. COVID did a big number on all of us as far as uh, not being able to do that as much as we might like. I think we really got to see how important human connection is. That hasn't stopped just because the world got going again. So I'm going to encourage you to make, make plans. Just make some social plans. So get a routine, get moving, and make some plans. The rest will begin to fall into place. Just remember that extreme stress like this puts the fire out. Part of it is because it chokes off the air element that comes from chakra four. Why? Because this is not loving and your system knows it. So we have to always go back to the gateway of practicing self-love, self-care so that you don't choke out the fire that's beneath it. So speaking of stress, here's the embodiment. The glands of the third chakra are the pancreas and the adrenals. So just a little overview of these two important glands, because I know a lot of you love the science about this, the where the East meets the West. So I'm going to give you just a little bit about the pancreas and adrenals. The, these are the glands in charge of regulating the crucial aspects of our body's metabolism and stress response. The pancreas plays a role in controlling blood sugar levels by producing insulin and glucagon, while the adrenals release hormones like cortisol and adrenaline to manage the body's reactions to stress and emergencies. Together, they ensure our physiological balance and adaptability to various challenges in life. So these two glands work together when you have a stress response. And we want those messages coming from those glands, those hormones to be balanced and regular so that you don't go up high into cortisol. That's the stress response. I mean, my client throughout her COVID experience, she had tons of stress and loss and illness and isolation. And her cortisol was running super high. 
her brain fog was plaguing her as her system was there. It was just, she was in fight or flight. So how can she burn brightly with stress hormones running so high? Same with you. Calming practices of walking in nature, full yogic breath, and gentle backbends are three of my favorite tools for reducing stress response and getting the cortisol levels back on track. So if you feel that cortisol running high, or you're at the end of the day and you feel the little flutter of your heart, that's your adrenals releasing the day, letting go, letting go. The calming practices, if you were to choose just three, walk in nature, do some full yogic breathing, and some gentle backbends. Those backbends like cobra, they squeeze the adrenals like sponges, right? So you squeeze them and release them so that you can get fresh blood, fresh prana moving through those glands. It's going to help. As embodied creatures, there's lots of physical manifestations of mental, spiritual, and emotional imbalances. So for chakra three, here's your list of symptoms that might go with an imbalance there. So if you're experiencing poor digestion, if you have ulcers, if you suffer from acid reflex, reflux, chronic fatigue, hypoglycemia, diabetes, and muscular disorders. These are some of the things that come with an imbalance of chakra three. If any of these apply to you, I encourage you to start your own personal awareness journey in this regard. It's not always uh, one thing equals the next. So poor digestion can come from other issues as well, but it's going to go through chakra three because that's where transformation is, transforming food into energy. So to know more, then you just, you can start your personal journey. Go to my podcast page at jessgoulding.com slash podcast or in the show notes and take the quickie quiz, just three questions to get you started. That's going to help you just know, okay, where do I begin? And it's not, it's not an exhaustive list of questions and the self-assessment that you'll find there is also not exhaustive, but we're trying to get started. We're just wondering, okay, where do I start? Because from there you can take the next step. So we've got a quickie quiz, the check-in self-assessment. Those are two fantastic tools for seeing yourself through the lens of the chakras. From there, you're going to get access to some of my favorite accessible and easily incorporated tools that bring balance where you need it. So you're going to hear me say it again and again. If you're becoming your own guru, which I hope you are, self-study is key because you're learning about yourself from yourself. Nobody knows you better than you. Nobody knows you better than you. So self-study is so important to creating the change you desire. Creating change is a chakra three activity. So access those tools and others at jessgoulding.com slash podcast. So I hope hearing about my client has helped you consider your own fire and how it's burning. You can even use the image of a lovely campfire on your own mountainside to start the process of balancing your Manipura. I hope you use some of the tools I've mentioned here to help you tune into your innate wisdom and follow its guidance as you discern what to remove from your commitments and obligations and what lights you up so you can put more energy and attention there. In my online course, Embodiment, you'll get three 20-minute yoga practices plus my favorite tools for setting a new foundation on which to build your fire. The knowledge you gain and the lifestyle practices you'll do include many of my favorite for calming an overworked nervous system, embracing your body, and feeling more gratitude in your life. So go to jessgoulding.com slash embodiment 
Be sure and use the coupon code podcast for $5 off your purchase. That's all in the show notes as well. So my friends, may you tend your fire, your flame of Manipura. May you learn your unique balancing act in life. And may you take steps that continue you down your path of true purpose and fulfilling joy. Much love. Thank you.